Ion 2020, episode 111. Have 2020 vision with Ion 2020, the podcast that brings you all the news and events in the lead up to the next presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date as we approach November 2020 with a libertarian perspective of all the candidates and their policies, along with the news. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's clear our vision. Hey everybody, Ray in here, your host of Ion 2020. Thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate the listeners that come out and listen every single day. I notice more and more of you every day, so that's good, and I appreciate it. And uh, if you're sharing with your friends, thank you for doing that. Keep on sharing it with your friends. I think that we're going to have something going here, going into 2020. People are getting excited about the election. I think, uh, I mean, libertarians, we don't seem like we're too excited about elections sometimes, but I, I like to follow all of the stuff that's going on. That's why I decided to start doing this this podcast back in January as well. It's just so that I could, you know, follow the follow all the news and events that are going on. It's really fun, kind of seeing the way that these people interact, the promises and the false promises they make, and also the, you know, the Twitter things that are going on with Donald Trump and the way that he likes to bash these candidates and so forth. He hasn't really been bashing candidates lately too much. He's been doing a lot of policy stuff lately, which. Uh, whether you agree with them or not, I think he's been, you know, he's been uh, dealing with all that stuff as well as all of the controversies that are going on with his presidency. You guys know that all you hear nine to five every single day or 24 seven actually is about the Mueller report. And is he going to be impeached? And what's going on with this? And what's going on with that? And now the Senate's talking about getting into a little quabble with him over the trade tariffs on Mexico. And it's just crazy, you know, all the things that he does, he he hasn't been really beating up on these candidates, he's been more getting beat up on, which uh, which is good, you know, we need to realize that the presidency, you know, sometimes is a joke in that way, right? Like, we take it way too seriously, we take too much faith, we put too much faith in the leadership that's above us, the people that are in power, we put way too much faith in those people, and people like Donald Trump make you start to realize that you know what, maybe we shouldn't put so much faith in these elected leaders, the people that think that they're there to make a difference in the world. Maybe we should not put those people on such a high pedestal because we do that. Americans do that. People all over the world do that. I mean, they used to do it with kings and queens and now they, and they still do it with kings and queens and stuff, right? But now we do it with democratically elected leaders Democratically elected politicians, people that are just there for one reason, and that's obviously to stay in power, right? And then you have a, someone like Donald Trump, he's getting beat up on left and right. There's a lot of controversy with his presidency. He's just not the standard politician. And the establishment obviously doesn't like that on the Republican side and on the Democratic side and in the bureaucracy. They don't like that either. So someone like him getting into office. It makes you realize, hmm, maybe maybe we do need to rethink the power that we're given to the presidency. Maybe we do need to rethink the power that we're giving to the federal government. I think that's important that we do that. It really is. So, uh, But hey, I appreciate you guys listening to the show. 
Monday through Friday, I'm bringing you guys new content in order to let you know what's going on with the elections that are coming up. And uh, if it's your first time listening, appreciate listening. Go ahead and subscribe to the show so you can hear me again tomorrow. I also have 110 episodes before this, so you can kind of cruise through those and look at them and see which ones you like, which ones you don't like. If you want to start listening from the very beginning, that is great. You will be a well-informed citizen. You can listen to episode 1 through 111, and then you'll be very well informed. But just pick out some good episodes. I got some pretty good ones in there as well. And uh, and then go ahead and share it with your friends if you really do like what you hear. And then you can also follow me on IonTheEmpire.com. And then you'll also be able to find me through Twitter and on Facebook, I on the Empire. If you just type those in, you'll be able to find me as well. But uh, today... What I wanted to talk about was something I started making the show, and then I, I was doing it through a different application. So right now, I use Anchor as, my, as the way that I record these shows, and I don't have a neat little setup or anything like that. You always see these podcasters, and they have like a banner behind them, and they'll do like a YouTube video, and they have this nice, beautiful microphone and all that. I don't do that. I have an iPad and a microphone, and that's about it, right? So I started recording. I was trying to use GarageBand, and I started recording an entire episode. I think I went about 30 minutes, and then I stopped it, and I realized that it recorded for the first, like, I don't know, 45 seconds, and that's it. So I am re-recording the episode, and I know it'll be so much better. So you guys are probably getting a... Uh, a, a you know, you're, you're probably in for a treat because I already did this episode once and now I'm going to do it again. So, uh, but I appreciate you standing with me. I do. We all make mistakes. Uh, podcaster, podcasters really know this. I'm sure we always make mistakes. There's probably words that they use for the idea of losing all of your, all of your content. There's got to be a term for that, I'm sure. And uh, here I am. I am not an expert by this any means. You guys know this. I'm a salesperson by day and a podcaster by night and I am a father every other time father and husband and I spend a lot of time with my family and I love spending lots and lots of time with my kids my daughter and I we've been getting out on the on the green in front of our house every single day uh just throwing the football yeah my daughter loves football and uh, my son and I we love to do things as well you know so like we get out and do a lot of things on the weekend but during the evening time I'll work on some podcasts after the kids go to bed, and uh, during the day, I'm a full-time salesperson, so um, that's me in a nutshell, but we all make mistakes, especially us part-time people that are just doing this for fun, that are doing this to entertain you, and uh, the show that I did before, I lost the entire thing, so hopefully I can bring you guys just as good of a show again, and uh, here it goes, but anyway, uh, the the first thing I wanted to talk about today was this. You ever hear, you've probably heard the term before that we're standing on the shoulders of giants, right? And that, that's in reference to the idea that, you know, people like Martin Luther King and the people that preceded us, you know, they were such great people that there are great people upon the, what the, 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 the platform that we're on right now was built by those great people. We're standing on the shoulders of giants is the idea. And uh, so everything that we've done on our own in our lives could only have happened if those people did what they did, right? There's a little bit of truth to that in some ways. I mean, we're all self-made people in that way. 
but there is also a lot of things that obviously if um you know the the light bulb was never created that invented then we wouldn't have the world that we live in today right so we're sitting on the shoulders of giants in that way if the internet was never developed then we're then we wouldn't be having a podcast like i'm doing right now so we're sitting on the shoulders of giants in that way so there is some truth to that right but we are also self-made people but what i wanted to talk about was more of a philosophy behind that idea for you for you as a libertarian um you're sitting on the sh- on the shoulders of giants in that way. We have Ron Paul ahead of us, Murray Rothbard, lots and lots of libertarian thinkers that have been out there. You know Ludwig von Mises, the Chicago School of Economics, the the you know Austrian School of Economics. Like anyone that was involved in those groups, we're sitting on the shoulders of giants. We're sh- sitting on the shoulders of the liberal movement classical we'll call it the classical liberal movement we're sitting on the shoulders of those people we're standing on standing on the shoulders of a lot of the early anarchists who brought a lot of the thought out there that says that we don't really need a lot of government if not any government at all like there's there's a lot of people within libertarian movement we stand upon their shoulders today and a lot of us we complain about that we say that the movement is slowing down or that it's just not going anywhere or whatever, but tell that to somebody in the 1800s that had libertarian views. Tell that to the founding fathers who wanted to bring about a country that had very limited government, that was self, self-governed, right? They're living in a world where there's slavery, that women can't vote and so forth. And when they talk about liberty and freedom and all that, that's because just think of where they're coming from, the lack of liberty and freedom they have, that just by giving men that were property owners the right to vote, they can claim that that's liberty and freedom. And they could publish that in the newspaper and people would go along with it and agree with it. So just think where they're coming from, the the inability for a man to govern himself that they had to deal with, Right? the dictatorships essentially that they were under in some way. And they're talking about giving white men with land the right to vote for the leadership. And those people are talking about how how much freedom that is. And they're publishing in the newspaper and the people are reading it and they're saying, yeah, I agree. And you're not a landowner and you're not a white male, but you're still agreeing with that thing because you're saying, you know what, look where I am now, right? So we're sitting on the shoulders of those giants. And then you have the people, you know, the abolitionist movement that are trying to end slavery, standing upon their movement, on their shoulders. So we're standing upon these people's shoulders big time on the libertarian movement that we have now. You have Ron Paul. He's a giant in the libertarian movement. He is the person that basically... You know, he started that. He started the idea of the Ron Paul Revolution in 2007. It was a total grassroots movement of people that followed his lead. And you know, he's not the eloquent speaker, but he's true to himself. He's true to the facts. He is the person that will not give an inch on liberty. 
and he's the congressman that runs for president twice and starts a movement. I mean, most of the people that I talk to, that's how they got their start in libertarianism. It wasn't Gary Johnson. There's a few. It wasn't that. It was the Ron Paul revolution got them thinking about the Federal Reserve, got them thinking about liberty, got them thinking about self-determination, got them reading the Austrian School of Economics, like, you know, people from the Austrian School of Economics, got them reading about those libertarians that started the movement in the 70s. You're standing upon those people's shoulders. So the question I want to ask you today is this, whose shoulders are you, you know, who's going to stand on your shoulders? Who are you going to be a giant that other people can stand on your shoulders? It's hard, right? You're not going to become a Ron Paul, but you might. You're not going to become a Ludwig von Mises, but you might. A Tom Woods, but you might. You know, those, those are people that are huge in this movement that consistently put out, you know, put out things that challenge the status quo. Murray Rothbard, you published like crazy as an as a you know as a college professor. He was putting out stuff that you can read and you're just like, wow, this is amazing. This is stuff that I never thought about before. Challenging the status quo. But we have those people that have written those things, right? We have that knowledge, we have that information. Now it's time that we go act and use it. A Ron Paul who knows the information and he goes out and acts and uses it to bring more and more people into the libertarian movement. That's what we need now. We have the college professors that have done all the studies and the research and all that stuff, right? And obviously there's more to do, I'm sure. But if we have all this information, why aren't we getting out there and using it to spread the message, to show people the way towards minimal government? towards liberty and not everyone's going to start off as a libertarian anarchist right not everyone's going to start off as an anarcho-capitalist they're going to start off like you and i probably did which would be somebody who learned about ayn rand and then kind of said yeah i think i'm a libertarian but you still vote as a republican you haven't turned your back completely on the system like that's how almost every one of us started off and that's what you got to do you got to be able to bring those people into the fold and let them go down the rabbit hole themselves. And everyone goes a different way down the rabbit hole. Everyone gets to that point that they stop and they say, this is, the, this is as far as I'm going to go. But then you get challenged a little bit further. Next thing you know, you're declaring yourself as an anarcho-capitalist or something. And, uh, and you fully embrace that whole entire view. I had gotten to that point before. And, I, and, you, know, I, and I, you know, in my views... I say this, and I kind of take a I, like a Jason Stapleton approach to it in some ways, although he would never declare himself an anarcho-capitalist, but I take a approach to it where I say we live in the real world, so let's have real-world answers to the problems. Let's have real-world solutions to breaking, uh, breaking down the government in that way, right? Rather than the whole idea of, you know what, I'm going to start my own little libertarian cult type thing you know and or not i hate to say it like that but not to say that i'm going to just you know close myself off to the rest of the world and only talk within the libertarian groups 
stuff like that. Like, I think that it's important that we reach out to other people in a non-confrontational way. So I've said, yeah, I ideally let's get to the point where we can have the argument of whether we should get rid of the last vestiges of our government, right? Yeah, the last thing we do, we have the we have the military that protects our borders and the federal government does very very little. And then hey, we could now we could have that argument, but right now we have a overbearing government that has its hands in everything. So let's figure out a way to get rid of that. Get rid of those little things. Break it down. Elect people that are going to make a change. Elect more Rand Pauls out there and stop getting upset with him for every little thing that he does. At least he stands for liberty. And the same thing with all of the other libertarian-leaning Republicans and libertarian-leaning type Democrats, maybe, that are elected into office. Let's realize that those people, while not perfect, at least they are supporting liberty. At the very least, they're supporting liberty in some ways. So I think it's important. But are you going to be that type of person, right? Are you going to be the giant that other people can stand on their on your shoulders for the next generation? I do this for my kids, man. I do. And my grandkids that I might have one day. I have two kids right now. And I do not want them living in a world that is continually infringing upon their rights, infringing upon their freedoms. They're just tearing apart the First Amendment right now and the Second Amendment and the Third Amendment and the Fourth and the Fifth and the Tenth. They're tearing them all apart. That's what they're doing. And it's our job as libertarians. We know the message of liberty, so it's our job to get out there and talk about it. And educate other people. I say this all the time on the show. And the reason why is because that's the most important thing. What are you going to do? Are you going to be the giant that other people can stand on your shoulders? Can you do that? I think that you can. I think that we all can. We just need to figure out our niche and how we're going to do it. We have the academics already, guys. We do. We don't need that many more academics to get out there and talk about whether this company would build the roads better than this company and who's going to build the highways and who's going to you know, maintain the bridges. We don't need that. What we need more of, well, sorry, we do need that in some ways, but we need more people that are going to get out there and act. More of the Ron Pauls out there who are going to get out there and you know, maybe not run politically, political campaigns by any means because that's not for everybody. Definitely not for everybody, but it is necessary that we get out there and educate the people. That's so important. So be the giant that other people can stand on your shoulders so we can build a better world for the next generation. If we don't do that, if we don't do that, then the government's just going to continue to get larger. And there's no stopping it, right? libertarians we always talk about being self-determined that we're gonna but you know that we're living for ourselves and all that stuff right but the reality is is that that we don't take care of the poor some politician will with your money confiscated from you if we don't take care of education somebody else will with your money confiscated from you it's our job to do that there's lots of organizations out there. I've, you know, there, I think Tom Woods had, had uh, talked to this guy from, I forget, what the, I forget what the exact organization was called, but 
he interviewed him and this this particular group they'll you can donate to their cause or you could donate to a cause and they'll take pictures of you know like they they built a house for somebody in africa and uh like a single mom for some in africa and they take pictures of the house and they send it to the people that donated to it right i wish i could remember the name of the name of the organization but that person is starting a movement in a way that allows him to bypass the government for the help that people need right there's lots of ways to do that. People do that for, with medical bills on GoFundMe. You know, like that's a way for you to get money in the free market to help with your bills if you need it. For help to help with those things. So there's free market ways to bypass government. But it's our job to come up with those solutions. How are we going to bypass government? Let's get to the point where those things are the, that... GoFundMe is so huge that there's so many options that you don't need to go to the government for welfare if you lose your job. Let's build that world together, right? There's a way to do that where people will say, you know what? The government doesn't do a good job in welfare, you know, to help the poor. I mean, the Mormon church, they have a huge organization out in Utah that helps the poor. And I, 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 I've heard about this story before where they're, you know, the, the ability for them to feed people is huge. I think they have like a, a year's worth of storage in case something happened that they could still feed the people, right? Like that's, we have those religious organizations that do that. You need non-religious organizations to do that. We just need to figure out ways, solutions to problems that the government is now doing that we can do on our own. And then people will start to say, maybe the government isn't as legitimate as I thought. But it's our job to do that as libertarians. We don't just need to sit back and say, I'm on my own, leave me alone. We need to get out there and solve those problems, guys. And that's what we can do. That's our duty if we want a libertarian world, if we want that libertarian utopia that everyone talks about, right? And then at that point the welfare system goes away because it's already taken care of by the people. The education system goes away. The Department of Education goes away because it's already taken care of by the people. There's lots of ways that we can make this thing happen. There really is. Politicians will always try to fill the void, though. They will try to fill the void if you let them. If you don't offer a better solution, they will say, I'll take care of people's health insurance. I'll take care of your college tuition debt. That's what I'll do. How am I going to do it? I'm going to tax the rich. Next thing you know, it's a tax on everybody. More confiscation of wealth. More bureaucracy that runs inefficiently. More corruption in Washington. So be the giant that other people can stand on your shoulders one day, okay? And then you can lead people to become a giant as well. And that's what I got for you guys today. So, um, But I appreciate you guys listening. Hopefully you'll get out there and make a difference in this world as a libertarian. I'm not telling you you have to. I'm not going to pass a law that says you have to. I just think that that is the best way, to, best way towards action. Educate the people. Educate, educate Americans about liberty. Get them to start voting in a way that is going to challenge people's ideas. 
challenge the status quo every single day because we know what liberty is. We have the academics. The academics have written the books. Learn, those, learn that information and get out there and spread that word, spread that gospel of liberty, per se, you know? And if you can do that, then we're going to be living in a better world. Our kids are going to live in a better world. We're going to be the giants they talk about one day, okay? We can do that. There's plenty of people. I mean, I, I think the guy's name is Stephen Clyde. I see him on Facebook all the time. And he publishes these little pamphlets that uh, are like, I think it's like old books that are maybe out of print. Maybe copyright isn't being infringed upon them or something. I'm not sure. But he'll print these old like libertarian books, booklets that he has. And they're thin, but he'll sell them like, you know, 10 for 60 bucks or something. And uh, he, he tries to sell them so that people can buy them from him and give them to other people, right? Like, that's a really cool idea, I thought. When I, saw, when I saw him posting those things on Facebook, I was like, wow, that's a really cool idea that he's doing that. It's a little business for him. He's probably making a little bit of money off of it. But it's also spreading the word of liberty. And it's a great idea. What can you do? There's other things you can do to do that. You might start a podcast. You might start, I mean, the the... The one podcast that I kind of mentioned the other day, the uh, the culinary libertarian Dan Reed, he is doing a culinary podcast that kind of teaches some liberty as well, you know. And maybe not all libertarians listen to it. Maybe he publishes an episode about how to cook, you know, a turkey or something for Thanksgiving, and then throws in a little bit of libertarian philosophy there, and boom, somebody starts thinking he's he's challenging the status quo just a little bit for that person, right? There's lots of things that you can do as well. So get out there and do it. Figure out your niche. Figure out your niche. But you don't have to make a difference in 100 people's lives. You can make a difference in one person's life or two or your family or your friends. And that's it. You know, it's not that hard. It's it's simple. Challenge their status quo, though. The status quo for them is the government takes care of us. The government is the one that's in charge of protecting us. They need to help us to be more secure. That's their status quo. When the real status quo, we should challenge that status quo. We should talk to them about limited government and free markets. We should talk to them about non-aggression and why you believe what you believe that non-aggression is, you know, to be aggressive against somebody is wrong. Even if it's the government aggressing upon you, it's still wrong. There's a lot of things we could do to challenge their status quo. You just have to figure out how. So, guys, I appreciate you listening. I do. Keeping this show below 30 minutes, that's always my goal as well. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up now. I could probably go on in this topic for a long time. But you guys get the message. You guys get the idea. You guys are libertarians. You know the information, so get out there and talk about it. Figure out your niche, you know. Figure out a way to bypass the government for other people. Then people will get on board with that stuff as well. There's ways that we can do that. So uh, subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Uh, Give me a five-star rating and review. I'd love to see five-star ratings, more of them. That actually helps with the algorithms as well to get this show out there. And then it'll help me with my goal of bringing more people into liberty by talking about the message of liberty while I talk about the elections for 2020, right? That's my goal. That's my message that I have. That's what I'm going to be doing to forward the movement of liberty, right? So you can do that as well. And by giving a five-star rating, it'll actually help me in those algorithms to get more people when they're searching for libertarian podcasts, they'll find mine. 
give me a great review. They'll read it and they'll say, wow, I'm going to listen to this show as well. And then you can follow me through those uh, iontheempire.com. And that's where I'm just posting some great articles for you to read about what our empire is doing around the world and domestically that's infringing upon your rights and your freedoms. So uh, come on back tomorrow, though, and you'll have clear vision for 2020.